Hello, and welcome to the Mothers of All Crime. This is a podcast where we deep dive into mothers involved in infamous crimes and scandals. I'm Monica, and this is Crystal. This week, we're going to be talking about Claudine Dee Dee Blanchard, who I think at this point in time, everybody knows that name and her daughter, Gypsy. <laughs> Gypsy Rose Blanchard. She's topping the charts right now. Yeah. And total disclosure, I actually am one of the few people until Gypsy's release, I never really followed this because it just was at the time where there were so many other things happening. So it was really mm-hmm. kind of cool to like dive deep back into Dee Dee and Gypsy's history now that she's been released. Totally. I mean, I think it's been a a revisit for a lot of us or just like an opportunity to watch the documentary or think about what happened or kind of reflect on where we are as a society. Like there's a lot of things to think about Absolutely. when it comes to the Blanchards. Yeah. So I mean, when I saw that, I mean, when I saw that big news was happening for Gypsy Rose Blanchard in December 2023, I was excited and I still am excited to see what's going to happen. But I think that's probably problematic in itself, honestly. Oh, 100%. So I think <laughs> let's start with Dee Dee, mom, um, where it all began. Yeah, totally. Uh, so Claudine Dee Dee Blanchard, everyone called her Dee Dee. Uh, she was born in 1967 and was from Louisiana. She was mm-hmm. uh, one of five kids and grew up definitely lower class, definitely family that was relatively close-knit, but also had their issues. Um, from a very young mm-hmm. age, Dee Dee was accused of stealing from the family in like a retaliation kind of way. So whenever she didn't get her way, she definitely lashed out. It didn't matter against who. And this kind of continued up into her adult years and a lot of her family kind of now after the fact is kind of coming out with that they never really got along they never really had any communication with her as she got older and actually there's suspicions that in 1997 she is the reason that their mother is dead so yeah she was accused her of killing their mom by poison no, I don't want to, I don't want to correct you here, but I am a bit of a gypsy scholar mm-hmm. and she tried to kill her stepmother by poison. Oh, both of them. She killed her mother by starving her. So that's what's interesting is I found both. So I found... The stepmother didn't die immediately, oh, yeah, but no. she made a good attempt. Went to the hospital. She but the mother died. Months. The mom... Yes. There, some of the reports say that she was definitely starved but there's suspicions that she was also being poisoned at some point because oh i've never heard of that i've only seen that it was that she did not because in the documentary they're talking about how she denied her own mother food and that's why they thought that she died prematurely but i would not be surprised at all if she also poisoned her because there's a huge suspicion within the family that she poisoned her stepmother yes. who got really sick. It was years after her mother had died. Yeah. And I think it was with the so, she was bedridden for nine months, if I remember correct. And oh my gosh. It's just looking at like patterns in history. It 
from the things yeah. I saw, they were like, we wouldn't be surprised if she also was doing things like that too, which is interesting. Um, yeah, I would not be surprised. But then I think it's a pattern. You gotta sure. wonder of like if someone in your family had this history, why are you still? Because she was an adult at this point. Why are you still spending mm-hmm. all this time with someone like that? But uh, well, that family is pretty messed up. Yeah, and I think that there's an element that's only very, very recently come out about their family that I think would be interesting for you to know if you don't already, because this is like pretty brand new because Gypsy has only said this after her release that her grandfather was molesting her when she was a child. Yes. So her grandfather is Dee Dee's father. So what was he doing at her home oh. with her when she was a kid? Absolutely. Because when you look at her grandfather being confronted about that accusation, it was mm-hmm. he immediately flipped it, which is a very common thing for offenders who are related to that kind of crime. It's the child came on to me. They made those behaviors and I would I would never initiate it. So there's not a doubt in my mind personally he wasn't also doing that to his own children. And Oh, a hundred percent. The way Dee Dee acted out from manipulation, retaliation, like these subtle aggressive behaviors, like poisoning, it's not a direct kind of way to kill someone. Um, that all comes together and with trauma and a trauma response. But also with that in that mind, it... she got pregnant yeah. by a 17 year old when she was 24. That is true. And that's when she becomes a Blanchard. Yes. And if you are having healthy relationships growing up, you're not going to be 24 years old dating a minor. Yeah, like, he was in high school. Right. And you're 24. Is something that I think gets glossed over a lot, where... Totally. the, The father, Rob, he, at the time, like... I had no idea until I started diving into it that he was 17 when all this started. So it all kind of starts to make sense why his lack of commitment, I think, or like recognition a lot of the time mm. is there because he was he was a child more or less when this all started dealing with an adult. I mean, he was a teen. He was a teen dad. Yeah. And they're not notor- not a notorious bunch for being overly involved fathers. Right. <laughs> and there there are teen dads that are extremely involved with their kids, but I would not say that's the majority. Right. And I think that Rod Blanchard, like he grew up in Louisiana, he's like a good old Southern boy. He says that, you know, it, the way I was raised, if you get a girl pregnant, you marry her. So that's what I did. Mm-hmm. But I woke up a couple months later and realized oh my gosh, I do not want to be married to her. I don't love her. Yeah, and they and were married. they split up before their baby was even born. Oh yeah, married and separated before the baby was even born. <laughs> Which And that was his 18th birthday that he told her he wanted to get divorced. It's crazy to think about because that is not, I mean, pregnancy is a decent amount of time, but it to think that you found out you're pregnant, got married, got divorced, all within that time period, that is a lot of eye-opening things in such a short amount of time. <laughs> Wonder how long they dated before she got pregnant. 
I tried to find that and I could not get any kind of solid answers. I feel like they were just like kind of together. Yeah. And by the way he talks about her, it doesn't seem like they were like deep in love. I think it just kind of happened. It's just the vibes I got from a lot of the reports of him talking about their relationship. Yeah, but also think about like dating when you're 17. Right. Like, I, I don't know. I, I didn't take it that seriously now either. Married and like has a relationship. Yeah. So like, you're not gonna sit in front of your current wife being like, "They were the love of my life." Like. For sure, for sure. But also, if she was the love of your life, like, you probably wouldn't have divorced her while she was pregnant with your child. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe that happens, but seems not a good sign for someone being the love of your life. Yeah. Absolutely. Pretty terrible. It's pretty traumatic, honestly. All right. So fast forward. Obviously, she's pregnant. She mm-hmm. gives birth to her daughter, Dixie Rose, um, in, I believe it was July of 91, if I remember correctly. Oh, yeah. So, oh, it was July 1991. Perfect. Yes. So... And she was named after the Guns and Roses. I was just gonna say, which that. also <laughs> is because like her dad's a teenager, <laughs> right? Like what? Are, although here's the other thing too is I know grown adults that have named their kids after like race car drivers, so <laughs> it might also. Oh, be that's a man true. Thing. <laughs> I just also wanted to mention that like I'm not really even sure if gypsy is a PC term. Like, I think that might be offensive to say. Like, it's her name, so I don't know what else to call her. Yeah. But I've heard on some some podcasts that that's not a good word anymore. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think your parents naming you a slur. It's hard because that is her name. So, like, there's nothing else to refer to her as other than. Oh, totally. Totally. I'm still going to call her that, but I just think it's (laughs) a very weird name. And I don't know, for a bunch of reasons. Guns would have been a better name. Oh, that would have been awesome. (laughs) Well, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so Gypsy Rose Blanchard is born. Yes. Seemingly perfectly healthy. Full-term pregnancy. From the appearance, yeah. She was born Mm -hmm. healthy, happy, um, beautiful baby girl. And very quickly, she got really sick and started going to doctor's offices and specialists all over the place trying to figure out what was wrong with her. Yeah. Well, she had her mother um, said, so Dee Dee said that she had sleep apnea as an infant and needed a sleep monitor. And she did a ton of tests and started saying to family and friends that Gypsy was, had all these diagnoses. And I've seen on some sites, I'm not sure how true this is, but I've seen on some um, some sources that Gypsy had a series of eye surgeries as a very small baby that she actually probably needed. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if maybe that was an event that kind of sparked things in a sense, where there was a lot of attention being paid to a baby having medical problems. And I think that that maybe incited a lot of what was to come. Yeah. And Just the attention from that. Well, the attention is going to be a huge factor. Um, yeah. And 
as she got older, these symptoms and diagnoses that her mom was giving was giving her got more and more intense. And from the little things of she just can't sleep turned into I, I saw things of like epilepsy, leukemia, muscular dystrophy, like mm-hmm. they just kept getting bigger and bigger and doctors couldn't figure out anything yet. She went, we're still, she went to so many different doctors. Oh, jumping around all over the place. And mm-hmm. I guess from like personal experience, if you go to a doctor and they refer to you as different specialists, they're terrible at communicating. And I do want to point that out. And like, how many times have you gone to the yeah. doctor's office where you're going to a cardiologist and they're like, you need to go to a neurologist. And you go to the neurologist and you have to re-explain everything because they have no record of anything. Yes. And actually, I work in healthcare and there are new computer systems that are going into place like now where I work. But some places have had them for maybe five years where it's supposed to be like a inter-hospital connection where all of the all of your records are available to everyone as long as all the hospital hospitals like allow access for it yeah I was gonna ask you and it's yeah it would have probably helped in this situation absolutely it's actually very annoying to use but (laughs) there are good reasons for it yeah and also it 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 removes some of the need to rely on the patient as a historian because patients are not always the most reliable historians, even of their own medical history, especially if things are quite complicated and you've had several different procedures and you're on several different medications. For the patient to keep track of all of it and relay all of their test information to the providers accurately is quite a burden on the patients. Right. So. And the reality is and, you get procedures yeah. done and you might know the gist of what they did, but you have no idea what they were, how much they actually did. Like I've had... Right. surgery and I couldn't tell you what they actually did all I know is they fixed ligaments and things in my foot like I can't tell you the exact specifics that happened but if you read a medical file with medical knowledge you would be able to understand it so totally yeah and it's also like now there's a lot of apps and access that people get through emails and their phone where they have access to they can log in and view all of their recent test results. So like when my grandmother was in the hospital, she wanted me to look at some of her test results. And so she gave me her information so that I can look at all of her labs and explain them to her again, what they mean. And it just makes sense to be able to do that. And like my cousin is a doctor in a different state. She's looking at stuff. It's just easier because we had access to all of her labs. Yeah. But and that's a I huge mean, it's important for her to have it. Yeah, that's happened though, because you got to remember when Recent. Gypsy and Dee Dee were going to all these doctors. This wasn't something that was already implemented, and a lot of files oh, definitely not. were internal or paper or things like that. And when you have so many and you're looking up things, if there's a clerical error or the name changes or the date of birth is different, it might not pull everything. And definitely with them moving around so much, they ended up actually being in a home where Katrina affected them. And a lot of doctors then claimed that they didn't have any more records and they couldn't access any of her history. Which 
is, I mean, I still think this is doable and possible though today, like to doctor, doctor hop and give mixed information to doctors is still totally possible because if you just decline to be a part of these systems, it would take a very long time for anyone to figure it out. Like I work for a very high tech office and we still use faxes for things. We still are reliant in some situations on just speaking to patients themselves and calling their doctors and it's phone tag. And it's a lot of different, it takes a lot of effort to follow up on what someone is telling you in a doctor's office. Right. So it's, yeah, if things get destroyed in Hurricane Katrina, that's a very good excuse. Mm -hmm. Although I do want to talk about prior to them going to Katrina, um, Gypsy Rose was given a wheelchair, a walker and then a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. She was in a motorcycle accident where she scraped her leg and had a very minor injury. And then after that, she needed a wheelchair. Obviously. That is the right. correct response to scraping her leg, is going in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, she needed it for about 14 years after that, after that scrape on her leg. Yes. And listening to people is... They were always saying that they never saw Gypsy walking around. But then when you start pulling medical records, there are doctors that are testifying that she stood up in their office and walked around in their office. So it's interesting where things start to, I mean, this is after the fact, things start not making sense and things start to not line up. Because if you asked her mom, she couldn't walk. I'm personally unclear about why she could not walk. But what the explanation was for this, because was it the muscular dystrophy that, was that she could not take, walk? Is that was the reason? Because and I couldn't get that confirmed either. <laughs> because many people with muscular dystrophy can still walk. Maybe they eventually need a wheelchair or maybe they need a wheelchair to help them out because they can't go long distances or they have muscle fatigue or they have weakness. And so they use a wheelchair like as a supplement. So her being able to walk sometimes is actually not that crazy to me. But what the crazy thing to me is that she did several muscle biopsies that were normal and had MRIs and CAT scans and all of this testing that was all coming back essentially normal. Yeah. And then to counter it all, at some point, Dee Dee said that she was paralyzed, which was another reason that all of a sudden she needed mm. a wheelchair. And, oh, it's from the motorcycle accident. Yeah. Duh. And but then right after she announced that she was paralyzed, there's a picture of Gypsy sitting cross-legged in her wheelchair in a hospital. Mm. And mm. from what I understand, if you are paralyzed, you don't have the muscle capability to sit cross-legged like in your chair on your own. It would need to be like held up somehow. You don't have the muscle strength. Well, someone would have to like, someone would have to like physically put you in that position and hold you that way. Right. And she's just sitting, being pushed around with her legs crossed, and and so again, things start not making much sense. It's almost as if she was not paralyzed. Hmm. Weird. She also had the mental capacity of a seven-year-old, and that's why her mother removed her from school. Um. So. I've seen some things that Gypsy never went to school, and I've seen other things that she went to school up to second grade. 
So I'm not actually sure. But regardless, she really did not go to school after the age of seven, which is also what her mental age was, according to Dee Dee. Yeah. And I don't also... She had a lot of problems. It's so interesting where it all kind of connects. And there were even records I read that her actual date of birth isn't completely known because it's changed so many Mm. times that seven could also have been 10. And because what Dee Dee started doing is in different doctor's offices, she would start changing different information. So her date of birth would be different or her name would be spelled different to kind of make it so that if doctors did start looking into stuff, things aren't going to connect. And that is such a smart way to do it, to change someone's name slightly. Mm -hmm. Well, she would add an E to Blanchard or she would change the birthday and make Gypsy just a little bit younger. And then she's not searchable in any of these databases, even as technology is advancing as Gypsy is aging and there are more safety checks in place. Like Dee Dee is finding ways to get around this by slightly altering details and also continuing to go to different doctors and different hospital systems. Um, Yeah. It's, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I think that's important to talk about too is this amount of care attention, medical procedures takes up an enormous amount of your time. And Dee Dee was not working because she was taking care of Gypsy. And she was a full-time mom. Right. However, keep in mind, she was single. She wasn't working. So how did you support yourself, your impaired daughter, and cover all of these medical expenses that clearly are not going to be cheap. For anybody who has had any kind of CAT scan, MRI, even an x-ray, those are not cheap, let alone surgery after surgery, a wheelchair. Like, <laughs> these things add up. Oh, definitely very expensive. Luckily, though, she was able to get disability checks for Gypsy. Mm-hmm. She was able to get a lot of donations privately, publicly donations that helped them. She raised money online when that became a thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was a resourceful, resourceful woman. Oh, yeah. And she she also had managed to public assistance. So she had yes. social security, the disability you mentioned mm-hmm. for Gypsy, food stamps that were coming in. She had child support mm-hmm. about twelve hundred dollars a month just from yeah. her, the father. Um right. And then she started kind of utilizing, I think, in my opinion, Gypsy's circumstance that she presented to get more things. So going forward, Gypsy ended up getting granted a -a Make-A-Wish that brought them to Disney. They got a house from Habitat of Humanity. um, And things just started, I don't know, working out for themselves, I guess. They also got backstage passes, backstage passes to see Miranda Lambert. Did they really? So, I missed that. <laughs> yeah, I think that. I mean, I think that's a pretty cool um, thing to experience. But <laughs> obviously, they didn't. Uh, I don't know. They they also the thing that drives me the most nuts is that Gypsy took a life flight, a helicopter ambulance at some point. Yeah, that is so expensive. 
Are you telling me the taxpayers paid for your... I'm sorry. That paid for Gypsy to take a life flight? Which I think they I like, even... said something about her like being excited and like talking during the flight. Like it wasn't a medical emergency. It was just her having to get from like A to B, wasn't it? Like from one hospital to another. Yeah, I think that was around the time of Hurricane Katrina, which also resources were scarce right. <laughs> at that time. Yeah. But, you know, if you're listening to this and you don't know anything about Gypsy Rose, we sound very insensitive. Like, <laughs> yes. This, this poor child. We will get into that, I promise. Um, yes. Because, spoiler alert, Gypsy is not sick. And I think that is where a lot of the anger starts to come from. Definitely. But she looks sick. Yeah. Because her mother is shaving her head. And she's been giving a lot of different medications. She gets a feeding tube put in and um, she has multiple surgeries, including getting her saliva glands removed. That was one that weirdly grossed me out. I don't know why. Like out of all of the medical things that I read about for her, that one for me was like, why? Why? I don't get it. Dee Dee claimed it's because she was drooling all the time, but like. I, it just is, it's a weird thing to address. <laughs> like... So apparently, Dee Dee was putting a numbing cream on her gums prior to the appointment so that Gypsy would drool. Interesting. Yeah. So I think it's starting to become clear that Dee Dee was manipulating <laughs> a lot of these symptoms. And it has since come out that she definitely was someone who suffered by Munchenster by proxy. And I always pronounce that wrong, word wrong. <laughs> no, I think you nailed it. Munchausen? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, so for people who don't know, this is a psych disorder. Um, it's extremely, extremely rare. So it's not something that doctors are going to toggle to immediately when they see someone more than once. Um typically comes from their caretaker, most often mothers, but it could be anyone in a caretaker position. Um, And the kind of main purpose of this is for those individuals to get attention. It's an attention-seeking behavior where they give care to someone and then receive attention for said care. One of my, one of the most interesting, but really, really sad disorders I've ever heard of. Yeah, and it's something that I think we see a lot on like medical TV shows, but you don't see in real life because like I said, it's something that there's so little research out there because it's so rare that there's not a ton of information about how it happens. Um, and I think there's probably a lot more mild cases yes, also. Yes. And this is very extreme. It's crazy because from an outside perspective, these people seem loving and caring and they're just, they're very cooperative with doctors and they follow up and they're upset that their person is sick. So if you're a friend or family or whoever, you're just going to see a caring, loving mother who just wants her kid to be better and be able to live a normal life. So it's hard to like look back knowing it. I'm like, how did nobody notice? But like, if you're exposed to it, it's not going to be easy to be able to pick that out. I think that it's pretty clear that Dee Dee was 
extremely manipulative. Yeah. And so when someone is like that, they're intentionally deceiving you. And medical professionals are trained to believe you and advocate for you. And your friends and your family don't have any desire to think that you are not doing everything that you can for your disabled child. Mm -hmm. They're looking at her as if she's this wonderful person that's very, very good at taking care of her very sick child. And, you know, there but for the grace of god go i it's i'm so glad that my child isn't sick like this and i hope that if i was in this situation i would handle it as well and i would give up my whole life to take care of this kid which is what dd essentially was doing yeah gypsy was her full-time job Mm -hmm. so i actually have a list for you of some warning signs okay for the the prognosis and i want you to decide if how many that dd hit so it starts off with a par- appearing to the public as a caring and doting person. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one is the patient. We're just going to use child for this. The child is attending multiple hospital visits in a short amount of time. Definitely. Child has strange symptoms that are only mm. apparent while at home. The conditions Hmm. improve while the patient is in the hospital, but seem to get worse when they're at home. These are ringing a lot of bells. Mm -hmm. Um, Symptoms report are not witnessed by the majority of medical professionals. And symptoms seem strange and counterproductive. So that's the, hmm. the short list of things that are consistent with that diagnosis. How many would you say fit Didi? So they all fit Didi, except Gypsy did have a lot of symptoms in front of people, but we now know that they were drug-induced. Oh, well, that leads because... me to my next one. <laughs> right. Um, okay. Then basically whatever didn't fit for what they – people suffering with this diagnosis, they would then do whatever they needed to do to cause the doctors to believe them. So there are records of people poisoning the people in their care, starving them, causing infections. You mentioned Dee Dee would give medications to her to like cause her having certain symptoms. So that is also something where they're going to do these things. They're going to lie to the doctors that this, this, and this is happening. They're going to exaggerate the things that Gypsy might be experiencing and could also alter test results. So if you're given results to go then go to another doctor to show them, she would then change the results to make it seem worse than it actually was. Right. Right. Definitely. Which is crazy to think about that someone would do that in general, let alone to their child. Oh, it's so, it's so twisted. And the power dynamic is, it's just so intensely slanted to Dee Dee, especially when Gypsy was a literal infant. Mm -hmm. Like, she was defenseless. And when you're a baby, and you live with your mother alone, like she is your whole world. And everything she tells you is the truth. Right. And like, as a little child, especially a little child that is so isolated, 
and not allowed to go to school and not allowed to play and is told to sit in a wheelchair and is paraded around as this little trophy. It's, she was very disconnected from the world and she was infantilized to a very excessive point. Her mother would lie to her about how old she was. Like Gypsy had no chance at ever being a normal child. And it just put her in such a vulnerable position to believe all of this stuff. I really do believe that she believed that she was really sick. I do too. I think at the beginning when she was growing up, she absolutely believed it. Um, And she had no outside sources telling her otherwise. Because from what I saw, whenever her father Rob would try to be involved, Dee Dee always had an excuse or a reason why he couldn't see her or why they couldn't do something or would make plans and then not show up. Like, if you have no external persons that are challenging that figure in your life that is all-knowing, what else? You wouldn't know any better. Right. She didn't, she didn't have context. Mm-hmm. And I think that really creates a very dangerous situation for everybody. Yeah. Gypsy was essentially being held hostage, especially because her mother had a conservatorship over her because she was mentally incompetent. Yes. Which, unfortunately, as time has gone on, there's been more and more cases that have come to light that those conservatorships are being misused which I think is a rant for a different episode, but um, I think they are sometimes very easily granted. In Gypsy's circumstance, it appeared at the time absolutely necessary if you're looking at everything that was happening. But now looking back where Gypsy was completely healthy, there is no evidence that she is mentally disabled in any way. Um, it's really unfortunate that that would have been granted to the point of Gypsy didn't have a choice in a lot of the situations. You're going to that doctor's if you want to or not. Right. And her mother would tell her not to talk to the doctors and just play with a toy. So her mother was giving all the information to the doctors who would write things about how she was a poor historian. And some even speculated that maybe she had Munchausen by proxy but there weren't, there wasn't a lot of follow through. There were some calls to social services over the years, but I guess she was very convincing. Yeah. So it seems like. And I think when it comes to social services, if you, your intakes and your initial visits are not super long, they're not intensive. And if you walk into a home as a social worker, the home is clean, organized. Uh, you, the child seems to have everything they need. There's food in the cabinets. The child's telling you that everything's okay. Right. What are you going to do? Right. And I, I do think for G- Gypsy, it would be kind of hard to know what's real and also how old you are. Right. And her father, which I think we need to give a little bit more shit to, um, Rod... He was kind of around, and he was paying child support, but he was pretty hands-off. Mm-hmm. And as likable as he is and all the content I've watched him in, 
he still obviously was not going to these doctor's appointments ever with them. And he wasn't involved enough to realize that his own child is not mentally incompetent. I could see the medical things being faked to a degree, but it shows me that you do not have a relationship with your child, which he totally admits to. Um, And I could see how the dynamic happened for sure. But it's, it's, he dropped the ball for sure. Yeah. And that I think also is just that perfect storm example where he was super young. He was already kind of Mm -hmm. hands off. He didn't really want to be associated with Dee Dee at all if he didn't have to be. But then also with the condition that she had, by nature, she is going to distance anybody that could challenge the medical authority. Challenge, she's going to make a wall with someone like him who, at the end of the day, could go to a doctor's office and be like, my kid's fine. And then people are going to start looking into it. So I think it's just that perfect storm. Right. Like he didn't try very hard, but she also made sure that he right. didn't. And he would tell, and Dee Dee would tell Gypsy that Rod didn't love her, and he only cared about his new wife and his new daughter and his new family, and isolated him from her, and did not encourage them to have a relationship. And yeah, Gypsy kind of just got left out of Rod's new family yeah. a little bit. And I think also, I do think he cared, but yeah, because he wasn't. As Gypsy gets older, think about like how many people like get divorced and then you hear the stories of them like poisoning children against their spouse ex-spouse of like if all you yeah. hear is, is your dad doesn't love you he replaced you why would she want a relationship with him like she's not gonna go out of her way to like try and hang out with him when he tries like no you don't love me like <laughs> i trust my mom yeah. and gypsy was an adult at this point and they didn't really develop this close relationship in childhood. So there's even less of a reason for them to be seeing each other and getting together and him knowing what's going on. Judy has a real motive to keep him out of the picture. So obviously Dee continues this kind of attempt to control Gypsy, but Gypsy starts getting older. She starts getting to a point where she starts to push her boundaries a little. She does this as an adult when but it's very much like teenage behavior where mm-hmm. high school kids on that middle school kids they're gonna see how much they can get away with which is a natural behavior but because of how gypsy had been raised and had that emotional kind of stunt she started doing this as an adult and testing the waters like right. she started talking well, to people online she got a laptop she, I think I read something that she started like speaking up in appointments and her mom started getting mad at her. So hmm. it's interesting where she's like, all right, let's see what I can get away with. Because she, I think at this point, started to realize that she's not sick, personally. Well, she saw a copy of her real birth certificate. And her mother had been telling her and doctors that she was born in 1995. And she saw that she was born in 1991. And I think that that was kind of a tipping point for Gypsy, um, where things started to click into place for her. Mm -hmm. Because at least she knew that part was not true. Right. And And if you're lying to me about my age, what else are you lying about? I was just going to say, and I'm like, it kind of just will start to spiral and you'll start 
all right, you lied to me about my yeah. age. I know I can walk, but you say that I can't walk. Like, what else is going on? Exactly. So I also think there's a big component of all the drugs that Gypsy is doing at this point because she is on a lot of drugs. And she has later said that she was abusing pain pills, her mother's pain pills, her pain pills, in addition to all the stuff that her mom was putting in her feeding tube to mimic all the symptoms. Mm-hmm. So she she was not in her right mind, I think, <laughs> in several ways. Yeah, and that, I think, is something I'm going to bring up in a little bit. But um, mm-hmm. she definitely started having all of these medications that you got to wonder at what point did maybe Dee Dee start changing them that gave her a little bit more clarity. And mm. if you're taking a concoction of different drugs you're not going to have the best clarity day to day think about cold medicine put some that alone can put people in a weird state can you imagine having an entire cocktail of different medications for something you don't need well just regarding like pain pills regarding like her clarity and stuff like that and probably all kinds of drugs the more you do them the higher your tolerance is So she was probably hitting points of clarity sometimes, and then I think dosages would probably go up and things would be added. So I do think her mother was trying to keep her in an altered state. I also think she was doing that with all of the princess and sci-fi stuff that she was allowing Gypsy to participate in. Like She would let her watch Disney movies, and she would bring her to sci-fi conventions and fantasy conventions, and I don't think it's a coincidence that the only things that you're allowing this very sheltered child adult to participate in are all fantasy, make-believe, pretend Mm -hmm. magic. And it just like feeds into the delusional way of viewing the world. Yeah. But that was when, that was her access to the outside world. That was her access to Mm -hmm. people that were not her doctor or her mom. And I think... And she would go in the wheelchair and wear the wigs yeah. and Which princess dresses. <laughs> <Oof>. Yes. <sighs> yeah. So she went to the sci-fi conventions and at one of the um, sci-fi conventions, she made, oh, wait, I'm sorry. She found, she made an attempt to run away to meet with a man that she'd met online and go to a hotel room with him. Mm -hmm. And that's when Dee Dee showed up and informed him that she was actually a teenager, that she was 15 years old, even though she was 19 at the time and brought her home and chained her up to the bed and threatened her with a hammer to smash her computer. Yeah. I read somewhere that she actually like made a fake birth certificate that she showed this man being like she's a minor let me prove it to you like I don't know if that's accurate or not but I did read that somewhere oh I believe it I totally could see her doing it she must have had several birth certificates she must have had something to show when she registered her at doctor's offices yeah so I'm sure she had all kinds of doctor documents and just to show some guy in a hotel so like it doesn't even have to be perfect by file of birth <laughs> this one will do yeah like, this, this one makes her the youngest <laughs> this poor man. yeah oh my gosh i'm sure he was very worried 
after that. Oh my god, that's so traumatizing. <sighs> and then, like, yeah. he probably didn't find out until years later that it was all BS. Like, can you imagine having to deal with that, process that, and then years later find out it wasn't even true? Yeah, where's his interview? Right? Hold on, I have a new request. <laughs> like... He's he's keeping quiet. I have not seen this man speak out. We want to hear from oh, you, geez. sir. <laughs> I have so many. Questions. What did she tell you when when she was gonna run away with you? Yeah, because I think that would be an interesting <sighs> thought and like conversation because you have all these other people starting to speak out, and he was early enough where it would be interesting what their communications were like at that point. It'd be really Right. I wonder how many other people she told about this. I think there were multiple escaped attempts, though, by Gypsy. Yeah. They were just all unsuccessful, ultimately. I think she, at one point, went to a neighbor's house, walked to a neighbor's house, and the neighbor obviously was stunned that Gypsy walked over to her house, but then called her mom, the mom came over, and... Didi made her apologize for her behavior and basically tell her neighbors that she lied about everything and she just wanted attention. So, like, there were multiple times Gypsy at this point started to be trying to get out of the house, trying to be her own individual. Yeah. She tried to leave and her mother brought her back every time. And then she met somebody on ChristianDatingForFree.com. What an interesting site to pick. Yeah. I mean, it's not it's not a commercial for that, for sure. It's not. And it's, from both of them, it's very interesting that that's the site that they were on. Because, from what I understand, neither of them technically were Christians either. It was just where they met gypsy had had said like in recent years that she found god and that she's religious now but i don't know how that happened that is or how true it was then (laughs) yeah i mean i guess you know she was just looking for a good christian man okay that's that's what she wanted and (laughs) she found she found one she found a man (laughs) she found a man uh nicholas godajan to be specific and uh, he was a couple of years older than her real age, three years older. And he, they chatted for years online and he had some issues himself. Um, Nick had been diagnosed with autism, with some different mental illnesses. And there's a debate on whether or not he had dissociative identity disorder or multiple personalities. Some sources say that he did and some sources say he was never actually diagnosed, but he definitely had autism as a diagnosis and he was high functioning, but low IQ. Yeah. I read that it was 77 was an estimated IQ for him. Which Yeah. I've seen below 80 on everything. Yeah, And just for perspective, Forrest Gump's estimated IQ was 75. (laughs) Oh, man. That's a good reference point. because how often, like, if you give me IQ numbers, I typically don't really associate that with, like, interactions. But, yeah, Forrest Gump (sighs) is the closest example that people might know about. So he was about 75. Just to give a visual. Right. So he had a low IQ, and he had some social difficulties, and he had kind of a spotty 
criminal record. Um, he did you see his arrest for indecent exposure? No. <laughs> oh my gosh! So he was arrested for masturbating in a McDonald's in the dining area of a McDonald's for over seven hours. For seven? How are you not tired, sir? I know. He was watching porn and masturbating in a McDonald's. Did he at least have a McFlurry in, in between? Like, <laughs> You know, I bet, he, I bet he didn't even buy anything. That's the kind of fucking customer he was, honestly. I don't know. The chafing. I, I don't know. Oh, chafing. But, angry. I have so many questions. All right, but continue. <laughs> yeah, actually, I that has happened other times with other people, though. I remember being on a trip in D.C. years ago, and it was on the news that someone was arrested for jacking off at McDonald's, like in the dining area of McDonald's. McDonald's as a corporation <laughs> has had so many issues from time to disgusting but I will always go get nuggets and a McFlurry so I don't know what that says about me <laughs> I, do, I do love like a nugget with their spicy buffalo sauce oh so good that that's the shit but I get like I don't know don't sit on the furniture in there right. because to go drive you don't only. you don't know <laughs> exactly it's unclear to me whether or not Gypsy knew about that or any of the other problems Right. That Nick had. But I certainly know about them, so everyone else has to know about them, too. Yes. So, from my understanding, though, all of his, like, criminal history was all petty stuff. It was, none of it was violent, per se. Right. Exactly. No violent crime. He did not have a violent history. And they started talking for, they talked a lot and for a long time, and fell in love years virtually fell in love Mm -hmm. because they had never met at this point right i think they talked for two years online before they met in person yeah i think i read two or three but i couldn't really get a good answer on that i think it was i think they met in 2012 online and then they didn't meet until march 2015 okay based on the timeline i'm looking at anyway I think that's what it is. I'll go with it. So. Right. They And the timeline there is actually pretty crazy, too. Because they met, they literally met for the first time in person, March 2015. Just keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah, definitely so, squeezed it together. Tight timeline. Yeah. So he met them. So Gypsy and her mother were going to see Cinderella at a movie theater. And the idea was that. Nicholas would take a bus to Missouri and meet them at the movie theater and just casually bump into them so that he could just happen to meet her mother and make a great first impression. Yep. And it didn't go that good, unfortunately. Uh, It really did not. She thought he was creepy. She was like, why is this man going to see a kid's movie with no kid in the middle of the day to see Cinderella, this grown man by himself, and why is he talking to me and my daughter? Which, in her defense, I also would probably feel a little creeped out if this random man just approached me and started talking to my presented disabled child. Like, no, go away. (laughs) It was 
probably in a Cinderella costume. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think she was. Yeah. So, it's just, the one time I will yeah. defend Didi, like, totally valid yeah, response for sure. to Strange Man. <laughs> I would have also thought that was pretty weird. However, that didn't know. stop Gypsy from getting to know him a little better. This is true. They had a romantic encounter. And they had to go to the bathroom during the movie. Yes. They both did at the same time. Very timing. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so they ended up consummating their relationship in the movie theater bathroom, which is just what Cinderella would have wanted, I'm sure. <laughs> and also, like, I feel like every, and this relates back to her kind of acting out like a teenager, like, teenagers go to the movies, make out in the back of the movie theater, but, like, her just pushing it to the next level of in extreme. Yeah. I mean, I guess they couldn't kiss in the movie theater, though, because her mom would have noticed that and been upset. But, I mean, I don't know how they got the wheelchair and both of them into a public bathroom in the movie theater. I'm picturing this as a men's room with multiple stalls and here's where i think things start kind of getting weird about (laughs) how much control dd was still continuing with her because Mm -hmm. from what we had been presented up until this point dd never left gypsy's side and then all of a sudden gypsy is able to sneak off with a man in a public space to get from the movie theater to the restroom, have their moment, and then back again. And I think at this point is when Dee Dee, or it was a little bit before this, obviously, maybe a couple of years, Dee just accepted that she probably had enough control that she can start letting Gypsy do things because there's no way she'd ever say anything. I think she had that false confidence that she had more control than she did. Yeah, I think that she thought she was very scary and that Gypsy would not fuck with her, basically, and would do whatever she told her to do. Yeah, and that is something that isn't really talked about, of, like, I think Gypsy at this point started having a lot more free ability to do things than it has been presented up until this point. I guess, but still, she only went to the bathroom probably for, like, five minutes, because how long did that last? Like, how long are you going to really have sex in a bathroom? Oh, absolutely. At the movie theater? Yeah. I mean, unless they went into a single handicapped bathroom, I guess maybe that's possible. But I'm sure it was less than five minutes. Oh, it's definitely not a long time. It's more of just the fact that Didi allowed her to go by herself to go do something, I think is the key. Yeah. I guess so. I do think that she would give her a little bit of slack on her leash when she'd been good for a little bit. Mm, That's a good point. And not be, yeah. I think that that was, I think that that's true of a lot of people who hold people hostage, though, for long periods of time, is that they, you build up trust, they allow you to do more and more, but I think that the victim is, I mean, you could say that maybe Gypsy had a little bit of Stockholm Syndrome. Um, which probably is true. And also, this is her mother, so she did love her. But I think that 
when you love your captor and your whole survival is based on their like love for you, you have like a pretty good motivation to do what they want. So then they think that you're going to continue to do what they want. But I think that Gypsy had had a moment of realizing what was going on and she's still trying to get out. And I think at this point, Gypsy becomes the manipulator. Yeah. And this is, I think that's my whole point of like the leniency is it gave Gypsy the ability to make that switch. Cause I think she realized mm-hmm. that she had that ability all of a sudden. Yeah. And I think ironically, like being with Nick gave her a lot of confidence. Oh, absolutely. Cause if you think about what young girl or young adult, when they're getting all of this positive reinforcement from something that isn't your mom, you're going to start building up your confidence and believing in yourself a little bit more when you have, quote, the love of your life telling you that you are amazing and doing all these great things. So it makes total sense. Yeah, that that's true. And they were exploring a lot of different things together. And because... Nick thought that he had multiple personalities and multiple identities. He also wanted Gypsy to have multiple personalities and multiple identities. So they would play a lot of different characters when they would interact with each other. And I think you can hide behind a character a lot. So I think that in a, a bunch of these situations, they kind of were just playing a part. Yeah. My personal favorite is Victor. Um, Victor is one of Nick's personalities that he has identified, who is also a 500-year-old vampire. Right. my favorite. I think it's interesting that not all of his personalities are 500. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to come back to the the disorder part um, when we get to him Mm -hmm. later on, but... Most of the time, their personalities with symptoms like that are drastically different people or creatures or whatever it is, and they do different things for the host or the primary person, meaning you're either mm. a protector or your your inner child or um, something that is a way to escape something that you happen to you in your life. So it's a really interesting diagnosis. That is interesting. There's some very good um, DSM stuff going on with this case, for sure. I mean, Munchausen by proxy, dissociative identity disorder. All very rare things, too. It's not... Rare things. It's a perfect storm. Yeah, it's a perfect storm. It is. Okay, so... Yeah, you said that before, and it's so true. (laughs) They, the lovebirds, started nesting a plan. Mm -hmm. You want to tell me about the plan? Oh, man. So, yes. Hold on. I have the plans. So, (laughs) well, it's, like, hard to say where to start with that because at some point, Gypsy is telling Nick that she's not actually sick, that she doesn't actually need a wheelchair, and that they need to run away together, but the only way to do this is if he kills her mom. So Nick, being the type of boyfriend that he was, he asked Victor, his other personality, if he would kill Dee Dee, and of course he was up for it. So 
they decide together and plan together with Gypsy coming up with essentially everything, how they're going to get Nick to Missouri and how he's going to come. So basically Gypsy steals money from her mom, gets Nick a bus ticket. He comes to Missouri. He gets a hotel room and then he comes to their house where Gypsy has prepared gloves and a knife for him and duct tape and lets him into the house, puts, tells him to put on the gloves before he touches the knife, and then she locks herself in the bathroom in their home while Nick goes to, their, to her mother's bedroom, Dee Dee's bedroom, while she's sleeping and stabs her multiple times. He admitted to stabbing her later four times, but there was at least 17 different um, stab wounds. So in the process, Dee Dee dies. And then he, there's different accounts of what happens after this, but we know that Gypsy and, and Nick had sex after this. We know that Gypsy shaved her pubic hair and her leg hair. We know that she cleaned the blood up naked, that they ended up stealing about $4,000, that they took the knife with her, and that they um, went to a hotel room together. They also went to Walmart. So what they end up doing is Gypsy and Nick take the knife and mail it to Nick's parents' house. And then Nick and Gypsy go together on the bus to Nick's parents' house where they hang out with them for several days. And during that time, there are posts made to the Facebook account that Gypsy and her mother shared. There was like a Dee Dee and Gypsy combo page. And the post said, that bitch is dead with an exclamation point. And so people start commenting on this post and then that same account posts something about <laughs> posts. Um, and I raped her sweet, innocent daughter. Her scream was so loud. Ha ha ha. Mm -hmm. And so people are very alarmed by seeing these posts on their Facebook, which usually just has pictures of a mother and daughter at Disney world together. And now it's these extremely graphic, disturbing posts so a neighbor ends up breaking into the house and see does not see anybody but does see gypsy's wheelchair and sees the house messed up and so he calls the police they do a welfare check and they find the deceased body of claudine blanchard so she died on june 9th 2015 and she was discovered on june 14th 2015 and I just want to point out one more time that Gypsy and Nick met in person in March of 2015. So this is two months later. Yeah. What a, what a journey. Um, my favorite <laughs> part is the mailing the knife back to his, his mm. home. Like what confidence in our postal service. <laughs> I know. Well, she thought that she had never been on a bus before. And she thought that if she put the knife in her backpack and took it on the bus, that it would be found. 
Hmm. Interesting. Well, yeah. I have to start to wonder where the line kind of goes, and this is something I think gets talked about a lot, of where did Gypsy go from being the victim to the offender? And if you look at one direction, hmm. it's this girl was trapped in a house with an abusive mother who was making her sick. There was no way out. She didn't know what to do. And this was her opportunity to be safe and be free. But then you have the other opportun- other side of it is Jizzy clearly had access to the internet for many years. She was comfortable enough telling strangers that she was okay. Never once that I could find had her looking up how to get out on her own, nothing about contacting police, nothing about getting her mom treatment. Um, it was, it went straight to finding someone to help her or do it for her. And she found someone that appears to be very easily manipulated at the time it's coming out that he was very easily kind of persuaded to do stuff, um, which I have since don't totally believe. But it's interesting that it was very focused on that he was autistic. He was having struggles. He was a kind of a loner. And my big question is, what happened to the rest of the stab wounds? He was very confident in his four, totally fine with it. Clearly more than four. I don't know. Hmm. I gotta wonder if Gypsy had more to do with it than they're claiming. See, I don't know, because I don't feel like... I mean, maybe you have information that I do not have, but I just... So I, I feel like I skipped over a part because... Nick is eventually arrested. Gypsy's arrested with him. But prior to that, Gypsy was presumed to be missing. So people were looking for her because she is gone. She doesn't have a wheelchair. And then they're arrested. They're held on a million dollars bond. Gypsy is denying, denying, denying. But the cops tell Nick that Gypsy has already told them everything. Basically that she's already confessed. But they don't say that. They say that she's already told them everything. And... Nick just starts talking and his story has been very consistent over the years. Mm -hmm. Gypsies has changed several times. Oh, absolutely. And that's where I'm like, there's more to it that he either is covering or he's going to keep in his pocket until it serves him. Um, Mm. Because at that point, if you're already, first of all, police telling you that they already, that that's so common. The fact that people keep falling for it is ridiculous. Um, (laughs) but him at that point in time he had already admitted to killing her he already admitted to stabbing her there is no difference of you stabbing someone four times or 17 times there's no motivation for him to not claim all 17 if he did in fact do all 17 in my opinion I just, I feel like if Gypsy was going to physically participate in the murder, then maybe she could have just done it herself. 
I don't know why she would have needed Nick. I think there's that still that fear of doing anything by herself. I think she needed that reinforcement and then someone to fall back on. Because now we're going to fast forwarding. Gypsy's out. She's doing all these interviews. And one quote that I think for me stood out with her is that she doesn't identify as a murderer because she didn't physically do it. And that's so interesting because at that point, I think that's why she didn't do it by herself is because she would never be able to claim that if there wasn't someone else involved. Right now, Nick is taking the fall and not her. Yeah, we should talk about their different, what happened with them. Yeah, um, sorry, I jumped ahead. So, no, 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 it's okay. It, this is all over the place because this is so this is so long ago. Like, this is 2015, but it's been an ongoing developing yeah. case still, even though it's solved because it's not over. It's all because too. one of the, right. Mm-hmm. Because it's also a big question of who is the victim in this situation. And I think it's arguable, like, you could say that Gypsy's the victim. You could say Dee Dee's the victim. You could say Nick is the victim. You could say all of them are the perpetrator, too. You could also say that they are all victims and they are all perpetrators. And that's what I really wanted to talk with you about. Um, And I think that we're about to get to that. But I just want to say that Gypsy took a plea for 10 years for second-degree murder, where Nick was tried Gypsy testified on his behalf, but he was sentenced to life in prison without parole. So Gypsy did eight years of her 10 years, and she was released on December 28th, 2023, which was just a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. So Gypsy is out, and now we have a developing situation of... um, her as a celebrity basically after getting out of prison and I think for me it's kind of shifted some of the ways that I was thinking about her because I definitely had viewed her as a victim up to I mean I might still I'm not actually sure how I feel about it I feel like even talking about it now I still feel I have a lot of conflicted feelings over the situation, over Gypsy Now, over the sentences that they received. So why don't we talk about that? Why don't we talk about the sentences they received? Yeah, the sentences didn't surprise me. Um, Okay. So for starting with Gypsy's side of it is pretty standard, I feel. And her getting out two years early because she had the option of parole. She didn't have to serve that entire time. And as long as you behave while you're incarcerated, you can go up to a parole board, argue your case, and get released early. Um, And from what I could see that she was a pretty much model inmate. She took a couple anger management classes, um, but that was really the only treatment or participation she did while she was incarcerated. Um, Well, she got her GED in prison. Which is mandated in that for her. Oh, is it? I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, for her it was. For parole? Um, so... As a condition of parole? To my understanding, yeah. It was part of, like, she had to complete anger mm. management and get a DED. Um, okay. Well, that's wrong. actually a really good I idea. I could be wrong on that. <laughs> that's a great um, rule. But also, what... It should be on everyone. A lot of people do in prisons is 
they join things like a GED class because A, it gives you something to do. Otherwise, you're just sitting around all day. Sure. But also, it gets you mm-hmm. out of, like, it gets you more privileges. They're able to get access to different parts of the prison, get them out moving around. So it is something that a lot of them do because what else are you going to do with your time? Yeah, she did take several different classes and, like, she took classes on impact of crime on victims and she ended up teaching some of those classes as well to other prisoners and so I don't know if it maybe was all for show or if it was a genuine attempt at rehabilitation and remorse I do think that she's she seems a lot more um she seems a lot more like a lot better spoken now than she did when she was first arrested for sure and has like more of an ability to express herself and she comes across slightly better I think that maybe she's matured yeah I definitely from being in prison the exposure to other people was huge um yeah but also I think Gypsy is also smart enough uh because certainly back like there was never any indication and even now that she has any kind of mental delay um that she's smart enough to recognize oh, yeah. in order to get out early I need to do certain things and teaching other inmates being participating in these groups doing things like that are going to look good to a parole board and they did look good and she did do the minimum of the minimum sentence so that's huge i mean she played her cards well i guess in the circumstances what i think is also important for her specifically regarding her sentence is when you go up to a parole board Part of your ability to be released on parole is accepting your crime, admitting to fault, mm. and apologizing mm-hmm. for your actions in the crime, which she would have had yes, to have done true. in order to be granted parole. Now that she's out and about, it's very interesting that she is now doing all of the opposite of those things. <laughs> That is so. That is a very interesting point. Mm. So, do you think the sentences were fair? The ten-year sentence with pos- with parole, so it really became eight years, and Nick getting life with no parole. I think Gypsy's was a little light, but I'm not surprised about it, considering her history. And I think that's really what played a factor in her being so short, is because of the abuse and trauma that she had as a child. I think if you took out her upbringing with her mother and the Montserrat Victor Proxy, she would not have got that same sentence. I think that played a huge factor. For Nicholas, oh, yeah, definitely. I am actually a little surprised they took... So from very early in his trial, they took the death penalty off the table, um, which I think was very interesting because I strongly wonder if he would have been given the death penalty if that had been an option with the trial. I do want to put out there for people listening, just because you get the death penalty as a punishment does not mean that they're like the next day. Like most death row inmates are there for decades and the majority of them actually are executed. Um, It's just for most states, it's another way of saying you're never getting out. Um, but him not having any option of parole, I do think is a little interesting, considering they took the death penalty off the table. 
um, a lot of them do like life with the option of parole. It's interesting he got life without parole, but Gypsy got parole. Um, well, Gypsy also took a plea. Right. But I didn't see anything about Nick being offered a plea. He might have in that. But he also he went to trial. Attorneys, um, please don't always get publicized because if they're not considered, a lot of the time they just it's between two attorneys having a discussion. Um, right. And personally, going to trial is always a risky game because you never know what's going to happen. But it is interesting right. that he didn't even get the option of parole because there are plenty of murderers out and about that had parole. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's serious Yeah, I was thinking about that. Why he didn't get 25 to life right. with the option of parole after 25. Just because you I mean, get parole doesn't mean you're going to be granted parole. That's the other thing. There have been, who was right. it? I think Whitey Bulger went up for parole like multiple times and every time they were like, no, we're not ready. Like... <laughs> So just because you get parole doesn't mean you're actually getting out. I don't know what a fair sentence for him would have been. And I do feel like he was dangerous. Absolutely. Um, but I also... But he was not the mastermind. Exactly. And that's where I think I Gypsy's history got taken into a little bit too much where she orchestrated this. And I think that wasn't as focused on as much as her childhood was. Um, what's not to say her orchestrating something similar in the future for something else? Well, that's also why I was saying before that I kind of feel like Nick might be a victim of the situation, although he really honestly creeps me out a lot and I find him very scary. Um, and I don't, I'm not here advocating for him to get out of prison. <laughs> But I feel like he was essentially the weapon that Gypsy used to kill her mother. Mm-hmm. And he was a pawn where she was the one. And I mean, it's still obviously it says a lot about him that he was willing to do this and that he enjoyed doing it. And that is all very scary to me. But I don't think he would have done this at all if he didn't have the love of his life telling him that she needed to be rescued. Right. And I completely 100% agreed with you up until about two days ago. <laughs> so. Oh, okay. I hit me, hit me listened with to a podcast when, to get ready for this. And it was actually one of the people they were interviewing was Nick's prison girlfriend or previous girlfriend. So okay. he had met this woman through like a prison pen pal thing. And... Her name, I think, was Dawn, and they started a relationship, and he, after the fact, she's now talking about it, he told her all of the same things that he had told Gypsy. The childhood traumas, the mental health issues, but then as their relationship grew, he then goes, oh, well, I don't have any like mental disorder. It was all an act. He's like, because Victor can help me get what I want. He then mm. is talking about how he's not as autistic as he presents himself to be. And that wow. he started getting this very 
manipulative aspect to him where he has an idolization for um, Manson and his dream is to be just like him. And he had her start a Facebook group and he would go live with her and answer followers' questions. And that's how he is funding his prison stay where he has these women on the outside in this Facebook group sending him money and he has multiple people that he is working and it's so interesting where I also was like this poor man basically got weaponized to help the love of his life and then she's sitting here she's like oh yeah and then I found out there's multiple people so he has quote the loves of his life on multiple stages. So who knows if Gypsy was the only person he was talking to at the time. And that's true. It's, it's interesting where he would get aggressive with her, Dawn, whenever she was like, I'm not comfortable with something. He would like freak out to the point where she'd be like, okay, you're right. Let me do this. And you got to wonder of, I think he's a lot smarter than he portrays. And I think he knows how to work the system. And I think that he absolutely only stabbed her four times and he knows what Gypsy did. And he is waiting for the optimal time to either release it or bring it up to her. Of He's going to need something coming up. He's very aware he is in prison for the rest of his life. But that doesn't mean he has to be in prison well, comfortably. It's interesting you say that because he did file a new appeal December 5th. 2023 yeah and i i wonder i wonder what the plan is with that yeah and i think he knows something and i think this is my theory tell me what your thoughts are that Mm -hmm. gypsy did something either did those multiple stab wounds was involved something was present i don't know what it is but there was something that gypsy was involved in and now she's coming out she's telling the world that she didn't do anything she doesn't take responsibility. There are still things that she could be charged with. She can't be charged again for the same thing, but she could be brought up on new charges. And I think he knows something that can cause that. And I think he's going to use that to get his sentence reduced to be able to get out. But why wouldn't he have done it already? Because I think at the time he thought he was going to get away with it. I think he thought he was going to get the same kind of sentence that Gypsy did. But what about like in the last decade or eight years? If she's not in, like if she's in, it doesn't help him. But if she's out Mm. in the world, it gets the attention. It gets his following because it was boo-hoo, poor me. This woman took advantage of me. Let me build my following of women again, having all these women do everything for you, I think he, with that idolization he has, that he was waiting for the right time to use it. And there have been reports of him making threats against his roommates in prison, him trying to start things with other inmates. Um, So he's definitely violent. There's no question. Um... There was a time when he was talking to his girlfriend that he got mad at her and told her that he was going to have to kill someone in jail 
because of her actions and their death was going to be her fault. So he's definitely a lot more manipulative than originally portrayed. But I don't think he would get all of his, like his dream of having this cult following. I don't think he would get that if he had used what he knew earlier. Wow. I mean, if that is true, it's going to be the best follow-up documentary to Mommy Dead and Dearest ever. Like, it would be such a good story, honestly. Yeah. And so... Because Gypsy's out and about now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I was just going to say it's like a perfect segue into talking about Gypsy's romantic life in prison. Yeah. (laughs) Also, she's married. She's married, but she had... 210 different men write to her during her prison stay, essentially begging to date her. She was engaged during prison to someone else at some point, wasn't she? She was, and he called it off, and she said it was because the, I don't know if you want to call us fans, but the public gave him, he had a lot of unwanted attention, and she said that that's why they called it off. Which is absolutely But she is married. Because you know if you're writing to Gypsy Rose, you're going to get attention. Like, they're... No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I, just... I mean, I was about to say no judgment, but I guess I am judging. I just don't understand the appeal of dating a prisoner. I don't know. I don't get it. I guess some people say it's like... Like, why do you want to... But I have no idea. Love After Lockup, that show, fascinates me. I love it. I watch it all the time. <laughs> oh, great show. Um, I also watch Prison Wives, which is like an old docuseries about women that were married to prisoners. And some of them were married to men that will be in prison for the rest of their lives. And it was a fascinating show. But I didn't understand it then, and I don't understand it now. Why are people... I mean, is it just for the attention? It's for the, the fame? Maybe I don't know, but her. But there's there's not famous criminals that get oh, yeah. hit up a lot People in prison, I guess too. So, them. and I mean the prison. I know why the prisoners do it, but it's interesting that people sure. outside doing it. Yeah, you have access to everybody. And, but her husband now, um, he's an odd cat. He just yeah. Let's definitely talk about Ryan. Yeah, he just gives me Gypsy's husband creepy vibes, like. They get along too well, and he kind of looks like her mom. (laughs) Yeah. Like, they got married in 2022 also, which, like, I don't understand why you would get married one year before you're supposed to be released from prison. Why not just get married after? Keep in mind, when they got married, she didn't know she was going to be released. So she could have been in prison for another four years at that point. I guess that's true. She also said she wanted to be paroled to him. And if they weren't married, she would have to go to her dad's. Yes. So when you're paroled, you have to provide an address on where you're physically going to be. And most parole boards require that to be a stable, supportive person. And that list is pretty short. So it's either your parent, your sibling, your spouse. Occasionally, I've seen people go to like their children. They have grown adult children. Um, very rarely mm-hmm. can you be paroled independently. Sometimes it happens, don't get me wrong. Um, but I think with her specifically, they were like, you're going to go somewhere that we can make sure we know where you are. Well, 
I mean, I know that if I was her dad or her stepmom, I would have been like, please come live with us and don't get married while you're in prison. They seem very supportive <sighs> about it. Yeah, I mean, they both they both have told, like, I don't know if Rod, Rod seems like he just he's is happy alive. that Gypsy's, like, alive. <laughs> yeah, he's just, he's just here for it, whatever it is. But I think that her stepmother, Kristen, she was more critical in the new interviews with Gypsy about getting married while you're still in prison because it's like why don't you guys just date and then when you get out you can make a more informed decision yeah but I guess it is true that she didn't know she was definitely gonna get out in 2023 yeah that's my only thought is like you don't know what you're when you're getting out and to her they had been dating they had been they'd talked and FaceTime he'd visit like I mean it's a different kind of dating yeah but to her, they have sure. Um, but he's... What's his motivation, though? I don't know. The fame? The celebrity? Because I do think he's loving all these interviews she's oh, doing. I agree. Because he's with her a lot of the time, too. And All the time. More than, like, you would expect. Like, most spouses, I feel like in circumstances like this, are kind of like, yeah, do your thing. But, like, he is always around. Which actually? I guess, but there's nobody with this circumstance though. This is like so unique. Yeah, and as he's just, I mean, it's it's similar in the sense that like she's an influencer, I guess, and he's trying to like ride the coattails of that. But her situation of being a Munchausen by proxy victim who killed her abuser—it's one in a million—by manipulating her boyfriend. It's very unique situation, and she has the public eye. Other thought is that. He has a little bit of a dangerous side to him that people don't know about. Um, because there was one interview that she did where she talked about, or she like mentioned this, that she had a dream once of her cheating on her husband with her ex-boyfriend. And he like mm. got livid, like, I guess got like super aggressive about it. So I wonder if he has, like, a dark side that just hasn't come out yet. Oh, God, I hope not. They could be, like, the next body uh, thing that he does, though. Oh, <laughs> no. I don't know. It it just It just worries me. And it worries me that I was so excited that she was getting out of prison. And, like, it worries me how many videos of hers I've watched. Like, the fuck is wrong with me? Like I'm, I'm bagging on her husband, but I also have been. You and I was like counting down the days till she would get out. Yeah. It was a big deal. This was like a cultural moment. Yeah, I just and I, I'm. I was excited to see what she did. Yeah, but I feel like the impact of social media is gonna be crippling. Like it is terrible. We should not have this kind of access to her. In the weeks following her release from prison, yeah. well, partially it cannot be good. Recognizes like this is of her own doing as well. Like, oh, for sure, and with release, Ryan's encouragement. Yeah, immediately upon release, she's doing a press tour. She released a book. She has something else coming. Like, she has all these things happening immediately after release. This was all orchestrated before she was released. And I hope she has a manager. She's got a team. Yeah, she's got a team. Of people. I hope. But you gotta wonder, like, if what she's gonna do. Because personally, I have noticed maybe in the last week that there's been a shift with her social media. 
where mm. I think her team is starting to realize that they're making mistakes about how she's presenting herself. Because keep in mind, she is on parole. She could be sent back right. at any point if they decide to. And parole boards do not mess around. Like, they don't care who you are, what you're do- doing outside. They don't care. Um, because all of a sudden now her social media posts are like, oh, let me educate you about, like, monster by proxy. Or let me tell you about this. And before it was, I'm living my best life. You can't stop me. Look at me. Like, I am not a murderer. Nick did this. Like, it was very, there was a shift in a very drastic shift all of a sudden that I think someone on her team sat her down and was like, let's not be stupid. <laughs> like, I don't think that she came out with a team already in place, but I think maybe she has one now. Like, I think that Ryan or whatever was going to manage her or like help her with the social media stuff and didn't anticipate how big it was going to be. But she has millions of followers on TikTok. Like, she can really, really monetize this, so it's, and you know what, if she, if she fucks up on parole and goes back to prison, her husband is going to have sole access to all this money. That's a good point, yeah. Like, she, it's not going to go to her parents, like, she is a married woman. Mm -hmm. These are now their marital assets. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah, I wonder. Well, do you have any final theories? You have my Nick theory. What do you have any final theories? Uh, let me look. I feel like maybe we covered everything, but I want to look through what I had. Boop, boop, boop. I feel like I had questions for you, but Oh, well, th- there's just one thing that I wanted to bring up. Um I watched an interview that Gypsy was saying that Dee Dee had bipolar disorder and schizophrenia. And I had not heard that anywhere else. But if Gypsy's saying it, I just was wondering if you think that that could go with the Munchausens. Or if you feel like if she was schizophrenic, she wouldn't have been else calculated. I just was surprised to hear that. That does surprise me. I hadn't heard that either. I heard... Gypsy definitely said something about her mental health. Um, I'm definitely not a medical professional. I don't know a ton about it. Um, I have worked with a lot of criminals over the years, but I <laughs> would not be surprised about I was just... the bipolar. The schizophrenia, I'm not going to say no, but it would be more difficult right. for me to believe. Um, just with schizo- my personal interactions with schizophrenics, both criminal and non-criminal people who have been diagnosed um i would find it hard to believe that she would be able to do all of that while being schizophrenic bipolar absolutely um but i also think my thought about that also is that a lot of people with munchausen by proxy also suffer from primary munchausens where they are exaggerating a lot of their own symptoms so I wonder if even if she had been diagnosed with schizophrenia like that would be self-reported symptoms yeah same with bipolar disorder same with all the pains that she would have that she would get pain pills for like I feel like she definitely was that's for sure for sure for sure 
But I think that even if she, I don't, I feel like she lied about everything, lied to doctors for pills. So I wonder if, like, her medical records probably wouldn't even help us figure out what was wrong with her because it was right. probably also factitious. Yeah, and when you gotta also wonder, all over the like, place. From GFC's perspective, her, she could be saying stuff like that. But, like, from the research I did, the causes that are known for Montrose by proxy, they don't really know exactly why people do this, but. Some of the examples I found that they guessed on was loss of a parent at an early age, marital problems that kind of triggered it. It's 100% biological, or it is a result of child abuse. And I think there's no question that Dee Dee was probably abused at some point in her childhood. And that's something that Gypsy will never know because I have a feeling that Dee Dee would not have shared a lot of that with Gypsy because um, again she was trying to in her own way protect her I guess she's not going to sit mm. there and trauma dump on her child in addition to that so I have a feeling that Dee went through a lot more than anyone will ever know and an easy way to if you don't know that trauma is say oh she suffered from mental health problems so of these three, Nick, Gypsy, and Dee Dee, who would you say is the worst perpetrator? Oh, God. And who would you say is the biggest victim? <laughs> it's really, really hard. It's really hard. Because oh. they're all victims and all perpetrators. Oh, they're all, yeah, because it just depends on how you look at it. Okay, if I had... Am yeah. I ranking them or am I picking the ones? Um, I guess rank them. Okay. <laughs> I would rank victims... Ooh, I hate this game. Okay. Gypsy. Oh, I'm sorry. It's really hard. <laughs> I think Gypsy's probably the largest victim due to the years of like medical abuse. Then I mm. would go Nick and then Dee Dee. But I think partially mm. of that is mm-hmm. just because we don't know a lot about Dee Dee's life. Um, so that might change if we learned more. But nobody knows. Yeah. I think... I I agree with the order, order of that though. That's okay. uh, so why that would be my okay. order too. But I think it's very up to debate. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. And then I think for perpetrator, I might actually keep that order. And it's only because of the new things that I learned about Nick. Wow. Wow. I think Nick is a lot more manipulative and dangerous than we think he is. Um, but I think. What makes me nervous and put Gypsy at number one is she is a lot smarter than I think people give her credit for. Um, I think her level of manipulation is really dangerous. That I think Nick was definitely on board with the actions, but her ability to orchestrate that, I think if she wanted to, could do the exact same thing just in a different way and get someone else to take the fall again. Oof. It's going to be really, really interesting to see if Nick gets another day in court yeah. and what happens with that and if how, how Gypsy does on parole. Um, so I'm kind of t- I'm, I'm torn with the perpetrators because I kind of have gone back and forth with feeling like Dee Dee was the worst perpetrator because like prolonged child abuse over decades, I think, is the worst. But 
I guess I feel like Gypsy was more responsible for the murder than Nick was. So I guess I would say that my perpetrator list, it would be Dee Dee 1, Gypsy 2, and Nick 3. But if you're asking me who I'd be scared to be in the room with, 100% Nick. Oh, yeah. I'd be very no, scared of Nick. He's going to be interesting when he finally does his his true interviews. Um, would you still put Dee Dee uh, high considering she had the it base, it's a mental disorder that needs professional addressment treatment and like residential care do you think she was in total do you think she was totally in control of her decisions so I don't know whether or not she was totally in control of her decisions but I think that it's it's similar it's not the same thing but it's similar to if Nick did have let's say for argument's sake that he did have some IQ or social autistic issues he still he also might not be 100% responsible but he's still culpable for these yeah. things and i just think that what dd did was worse yeah. no she's i think she was i think what she did was worse <laughs> so i like because i also i feel like if personally i feel like if nick had not been involved and gypsy just killed dd i don't think she would have done any time at all I think it would have been seen as self-defense or maybe she would have done like two years. Oh, there's no way. He would have, but I think she, she I think she, 100%. I think she got the time that she did because of her involvement with Nick. I think that the reason that I think Gypsy is a monster is because of her involvement of Nick. I think if she just killed her mother, it would have been totally justifiable, but involving Nick makes it not justifiable to me. Yeah. And cause then the like, the, uh, there's one little part of me is like, just man up and do it yourself. If you wanted to kill your mom, exactly, just do it. exactly, <laughs> like, exactly. You got you got the knife. She stole the knife from Walmart. You did ninety nine percent of the crime. Yeah, exactly. Need to involve Nick. Up. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I think she'd already be out. I think she'd definitely already be out. I think she thought she'd get in less trouble if Nick did it because she would have just she was just planning to blame everything on him nah. if stuff went south. I don't think so. Because you think about like there are women who have been in years and years of like violent, violent domestic abuse charges that are in prison for the rest of their lives for killing their husbands. She still would have got jail time. I bet she actually. Uh, I guess the same amount of time. I guess it's awful. To the same amount of time as she did. Yeah. Involving Nick or not involving Nick? Yeah, I think she would have got the same Mm. time regardless. Because there are Well then she really didn't need to involve Nick either way. Because her argument still got the same consequence. Defense would be the exact same thing. Like my mother abused me and this is how I got out of it. The defense would not have changed. She just would have been But it also makes her seem more culpable and more manipulative and more premeditated. There's so much premeditation. Exactly. So much premeditation. I think that if she killed her mother and came forward with, hey, I'm not mentally disabled, I'm not physically disabled, I do not have leukemia, I don't have muscular dystrophy, I don't have epilepsy, my mother faked all of this stuff, I think that she would have got a nice little plea deal. Maybe she would have done some time, but I don't think there would be nearly as much controversy about her. Yeah. No, I agree. The involvement of Nick... Is really oh, where she, to me the problem. 
Because <laughs> I don't have a problem with her killing Dee Dee personally. Oh, yeah. But that's... I mean, there are plenty of reasons to kill people. <laughs> There's plenty of reasons to kill Dee Dee. She, she, if the only reason that we don't look at Gypsy as being a literal hostage is because Dee Dee gave birth to her. But she was not free to oh, leave. And when she did try to leave, she was yeah. she was chained to a bed. I know, but it's like a non-traditional hostage. Yeah, absolutely. But like, if you get a conservatorship over someone and then you physically force them to come home with you when they try to leave, they're a hostage. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's also... So she essentially kidnapped her. Well, I personally can't wait till... For two things. Next interview... And Gypsy's parole review. <laughs> oh. Mm. They're my two things that I can't wait. Yeah, I guess we'll... S- yeah, I'm interested to see how the public continues to turn on her. Because, like, as much sympathy and empathy as I have for Gypsy, even though I find her to be quite a problematic um, influencer, I, I don't think that she's going to do too well in the public eye no, for very I long. I think it's going to be rough. So much longer. I can't imagine that this is going to last. And, like, when she went to jail, Facebook statuses were still, like, how people communicated on social media. It's a very new world. And she's been, again, kind of isolated from society in some aspects. So she's out now, and she's full on. And it's a lot. Living her life, as she would say. (laughs) Her best life. And that dick is fire. Oh, God, I hated that. <laughs> For anyone who doesn't know, Gypsy said her husband's dick is fire. Which I hope it is. I hope it is. Well, it can only go up from a bathroom stall. Oh gosh. Room, so. That's you know, that's true. <laughs> this is already better, for sure. Oh my goodness. Well, Crystal, amazing talking to you about this. Um and I cannot wait for our next mother. We have such a good list coming. I know. It's going to be so good. All right. Well, I think we should uh, hop off here and uh, we'll chat real, real soon. Yes, until next time. All right. Bye. Bye.